ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان الاصدق الكلام كلام الله والخير الحدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه كل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار وبعد حياكم الله اخوان في الله الله يحفظكم it's an honor to be invited here alhamdulillah to be able to elaborate upon the religion of Allah azza wa jal nasallallah nuthabbit alsinatina wa naqul ma yuhibbuhu wa yarda inshallah today's lesson or a small lecture shall i say first and foremost i'd like to let you know that um we have gone beyond our time and the schedule has gone out a bit and we have our brother abu hakim hafizullah ta'ala who's already here because we came together so inshallah i will not prolong my talk for really i do not find it befitting from the adab al-talib al-ilm that you have the likes of a brother abu hakim who preceded us in knowledge and likewise may Allah preserve him that he waits while ana faqir allah azza wa jal speaks so inshallah i'll keep it very brief but what i would like to elaborate upon is a topic that we are all aware of and that is clinging to the sunnah of the messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and understanding that anything other than that and to oppose that way is nothing but dalala misguidance and likewise innovation what i have chose to do is to bring some words of that great imam our walid our father may Allah preserve him shaykh rabi hafizullah ta'ala for verily for those of you that have sat with him or for those of you that have heard his lectures or those of you that have read his books then you will know that that shaykh emphasizes this point immensely It was not long that we returned from Hajj and we were there with our Sheikh and alhamdulillah every time you're with this man you can feel the push and the urge that he pushes the shabab to hold on to their religion and to masak bi sunnah and to cling onto the sunnah of the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam with the understanding of the companions So here inshallah we'll take there is a kitab that he has taught for many many years Kitab al-Shari'a and that is that kitab from that Imam al-Ajuri 
that he taught a number of years. Even at the time when we was in Medina, we would travel down to Mecca and he would teach this every Friday. Alhamdulillah, years on, Alhamdulillah, they have transcribed his works and they have produced it now, Alhamdulillah, in four volumes. Alhamdulillah, that book is about the Aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. The principles where Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah they hold. Inshallah, I will take some kalam from this. It mentions some ta'liqat of the hadith of Jabir ibn Abdullah. That hadith where it is reflected in Sahih Muslim. يقول كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا خطب إحمرت عيناه. It mentions that when the Messenger Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم would deliver a sermon, his eyes would become red. وعلى صوته and he would raise his voice. واشتد غضبه and he increased. He would become angry. And it mentions As if for those he was about to admolish and, and to give a strong word to an army that was just about to fight a battle. He mentions in there In that hadith, that famous hadith, he mentions that I have been sent. I have been sent and where I am and the sa'a, the time. And he made an ishara with his fingers like this. That I am here and this is the sa'a. The sa'a meaning the day of judgment. And then he said, فَإِنَّ الْخَيْرَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ After mentioning that his time is short and we do not have much time. Then he went on to give that fabulous hadith and that advice. That the best speech is the speech of Allah. وَخَرَ الْحَدْيُ حَدْيُ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And the best guidance is the guidance of the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. وَشَرُ الْعُمُورِ مُحْتَثَاتُهَا And the most evil of affairs are the newly invented matters in the religion. وَكُلُّ بِذَعْتٍ ضَلَالَ And then he mentioned all Innovation. All innovation it mentions is misguidance. From this hadith, which is collected in Sahih Muslim, there are fundamental, fundamental principles or principles that Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah take regarding our religion. And that is clinging and holding on strong to the words of the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu and his sunnah. And anything other than that is misguidance. I will bring you some of the words of our Shaykh in regarding this hadith. Short but vast in meaning. He said, In this hadith, it shows you and it's an indication that the best speech is the speech of Allah. And it mentions that the aqil, the intelligent one, he will follow that 
which is the best thing. An aqil, the one who's intelligent. The real intelligent person. Because in our time today, intelligence is weighed with different mizan, with different scales. But the intelligent one, in the eyes of the ulama, and likewise in our deen, is the one who has the ability to think of the hereafter and aid him to get into the hereafter his ultimate goal, which is paradise. And that is, la shak wa la raib cannot be done except by this, by the example and following the teaching of Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it mentions here, and then he quotes the verse, الَّذِينَ يَسْمَعُونَ الْقَوْلِ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَةً those who believe and they listen to the call. The call here indicating the revelation. And then they follow that in the best of their ability. Allah Azawajalli mentioned to them, Verily, those are the ones that Allah has guided. Verily, those are the ones that Allah has guided. So then Shaykh Rabi he mentions, فَإِذَا كَانَ الْخَيْرَ الْكَلَامِ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ he mentioned, so if, it's, if it is established that the best speech is the speech of Allah and the best guidance is the guidance of the Prophet Muhammad is it permissible? Is it permissible for the one that has intellect to put forth anyone else's speech before the speech of Allah Azza wa Jal. Is it permissible for the one who has any intellect to put forth anyone's examples or speech before Allah and His Messenger? How? If it is established that that is the, the highest form of knowledge that has come to mankind, then how? Then the Shaykh he emphasizes. Because in our time today, that you will find that if the hadith or if the ayat does not meet your madhab, or if it does not meet that which your imams upon, then it's rejected. What scales are we working with? If we are truthful to ourselves, and we are truthful to Allah Azza wa Jal, to follow the sunnah of the Messenger then how will you even entertain the thought of listening and comparing someone else's speech to the divine revelation? This is why the Salaf, they would say, فَضْلُ كَلَامِ اللَّهِ عَلَى سَعِرِ الْكَلَامِ كَفَضْلِ اللَّهِ عَلَى خَلْقِهِ Wallahi, a golden statement that the virtues of the speech of Allah over any other speech. Listen to the example which the Salaf used to give. The speech of Allah, in comparison to any other speech, is like the example of Allah over His creation. Is like the virtues of Allah over His creation. There's nothing from the creation that is similar to Allah Azza wa Jal. Or anything in comparison to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like his speech. His speech 
and the virtues of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's speech over any other speech is like the example of Allah over his creation. So it's upon a Muslim he mentions. وَلِهَذَا عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِينَ أَنْ يَعْتَسِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ وَيَعْتَسِمُوا بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَيَتَمَسَّكْ بِسُنَّةِ رَسُولِهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So it's upon every Muslim to hold on to the rope of Allah. And holding on to the rope of Allah is holding on to the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. And holding on to the guidance and the sunnah of the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It mentions here, فَاسْتَمْسِكْ بِالَّذِي أُوْحِيَ إِلَيْكَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He orders and He addresses His messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hold on to that which has been inspired to you, which has been come down by way of revelation. Allah is ordering His messenger. Shaykh Rabi, He mentions, هُوَ أُسْوَتُنَا that the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu wasallam, he is our example. And if we hold on to that which what the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu wasallam was ordered to hold on to from his Lord, then it mentions, then this is something that will bring about the perfection of your creed and your belief. It will bring about the perfection of carrying out the legislations of your religion. And anything after this, فَمَا وَرَاهُ وَمَا بَعْدْ إِلَّا الظَّلَالِ That anything other than this, anything other than holding on to the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Messenger Wasallam, he mentions anything after that is only misguidance. It is only, it is only misguidance. And this is why Allah Azza wa Jalla, he mentions in the Qur'an, فَمَاذَا بَعْدَ الْحَقِّ إِلَّا الظَّلَالِ Allah, He affirms this and says that what is after the truth except misguidance? What is after the truth? What comes after the truth except for misguidance? And then Shaykh Hafizullah Ta'ala, he goes on to mention, Wallahi, ma yanshudul haqqa fi ghayl kitabi la wa sunnati rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He mentions that you will not be able to establish the truth, tayyip, except by way of the, uh, the kitab and the sunnah. And anything other than that, it mentions dhal sahib al-hawa. Anything other than that, that pure divine revelation, and that guidance, anything after that is only misguidance. And the person is going to be a person of desires. And it mentions, so it's upon us, that tafakku fi deen to learn about the deen. What our brothers and sisters have done now, you are coming, you are searching for knowledge. It's upon you to ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give you tawfiq in acquiring this knowledge. Because everyone is in darajat, everyone has levels. According to your sidq, according to how sincere you are, to be able to absorb this knowledge. Sometimes the same verses will be recited. The same ahadith, will be narrated. The same examples will be given. But one has the ability to understand and then to act upon it. It is not enough, Ikhwan, for you to merely know. It's not enough. But you have to have this azimah. You have to have this zeal to want to act upon your knowledge. Our Shaykh, 
Shaykh Al-Anjiri, Hafidhullah Ta'ala, he mentions and emphasizes in these points a lot, that it is not enough just to have mere knowledge of a particular thing, but rather you have to ask Allah to give you tawfiq to act upon the knowledge that you have learned. He said that our father Adam, our father Adam والسلام, he had knowledge. He had knowledge to stay away from eating from the fruits of a particular tree. So the knowledge of the prohibition reached him. But yet, the amal and the action was contrary to what he knew by way of knowledge. Now that is from the wisdom of Allah Azza wa Jal, of why it went that way. But it's an example that they use. That Adam, he knew. He did have the knowledge. So Ikhwan, once again, we should alhamdulillah, ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give us tawfiq. That we have the ability to listen and to attend the gatherings of knowledge. And then thereon after, the ability to comprehend. And then thereon after, the ability to be able to act upon this knowledge. Sheikh Rabi, he goes on to mention that indeed, this criteria that we have been given of the Book of Allah and the Surah of the Message, in it is guidance. It has guidance. And likewise, it has nur. And in it, it is salvation. And in it is salvation from being destroyed, destruction. So anyone, Ikhwan, of understanding, anyone who wishes good in this life and the hereafter, then learn your deen. Know about your Lord. Know about the Messenger Muhammad Know about the companions of the Messenger Muhammad Shaykh Rabi, he has many, many books that he likewise emphasizes on the point of the companions. Now, I don't want to dwell too much on the companions because that there you need a dars in itself. But the companions likewise, have they have mentioned, that you will not get closer to Allah except by way of the sunnah of the Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the proof of that is, Allah, He says in the Quran, Kul, in kuntum tuhibbun Allah, fattabi'uni. Allah, He mentions in the Quran, say, that if you love Allah, meaning on Muhammad, say to the people, that if you love Allah, then follow me. Shaykh Rabbi Hafidhullah Ta'ala, He mentions that the condition of receiving your Lord's love. That if Allah Azza wa Jal to love his ibad, la bud an Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam. It has to be by way of the message of Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam. And this is the proof which they use. That say, O Muhammad, to the people, if you love Allah, if you truly love Allah, then follow me. So then one will argue that how is that a proof? What comes in the verse after? Allah, Then Allah will love you. And He will forgive you of your sins. So just the same way that there is a condition to receive 
that muhabba from your Lord by following the Sunnah of the Messenger likewise to get the true understanding of that Sunnah of the Messenger of Muhammad by way of the companions. By way of the companions. And there are many proof of this. How many ahadith do we have where we find that Ashab Rasulullah when the revelation came or there was a particular thing that was said, they said, Ya Rasulullah, what does this mean? Ya Rasulullah, what about this? Or we understand it to be this. And then he would make the bayan and he would make the clarification and make clear to them exactly what the intent was. So what was the natija? What was the result? The result was that the Messenger Muhammad after his death left a group of people that Allah was pleased with. Left a group of people that the Messenger Muhammad advised with after him. He left a group of people that truly understood every single intent of every verse and what was the intent of every single hadith. The pure manhaj. So this is why it is vital. This is what separates Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah today in regarding understanding the religion. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah from all of these deviant sects is what they do is they wish to eliminate and take you away from the understanding of the companions. And then what is left after that? What is left after that? Their intellect, their understanding regarding the Quran and the Sunnah. And this is why you will find, just analyze that the majority of the deviant sects, Yusub, Yusubbuna fi ashabi Rasulullah You will find that they curse and criticize the companions of the Messenger Muhammad It is a trait. As Sheikh Salih Fawzan, Hafidhullah Ta'ala, he has mentioned that the intent of them separating the aqwal of the sahaba and separating the way of the companions so if you do this what is left is but their own intellect to explain the quran and the sunnah according to their intellect and according to their desires so we say once again that our methodology is that we follow the book of allah by way of the sunnah of the messenger muhammad sallallahu and then likewise, we follow the sunnah by way of the understanding of the companions. Likewise, to emphasize in the status of the sunnah of the Messenger Muhammad it mentions that Imam Muhammad ibn Hussein al-Ajuri in his Kitab al-Sharia, he mentions a method regarding those individuals that wish to separate the Sunnah from the Quran. And he mentions that if you come across such an individual, it mentions, who says that I separate the Sunnah from the Quran, there are individuals that do this. Then, Kilalahu, Ya Jahil. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ أَنزَلَ الْفَرَاعِدِ جُمْلَةً وَأَمْرَ النَّبِيُّهُ صَلَى عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ يُبَيِّنُ لِلنَّاسِ وَمَا مَا أُنْزِلَ إِلَيْهِمْ 
So if this individual, if you come across a person that claims this, then say to him, oh ignorant one, know that Allah Azza wa Jal brought down the fara'id, the obligations. And then thereon after, it was upon the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to explain this. And he uses the verse, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيْنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِلَ إِلَيْهِمْ وَلَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we have brought down to you, O Muhammad, the dhikr, the reminder, meaning the Qur'an, لِتُبَيْنَ لِلنَّاسِ So it may be explained and made clear to mankind what was brought down to them. So they may give thought. So here it mentions... فَاللَّهَ عَزُّ وَجَلْ عَطَاهُ الْمَقَامِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ مَقَامِ الْبَيَانِ That Allah Azza wa Jal has appointed the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم has given him that status where he is the one that makes that bayan. He clarifies the revelation. And this is why Allah Azza wa Jal has even ordered that whatever, Allah, whatever the Messenger gives you should take. قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزُّ وَجَلْ وَمَا أَتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوا Whatever Allah, whatever the Messenger Sallallahu gives to you, then take. وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا And whatever he prohibits and tells you to stay away from, then you must stay away from them. The prohibitions. This is the makan that Allah has given his Messenger. Likewise, there is a warning. That anyone that should oppose his way, he gives him the makan, he gives him that status first and foremost, that he must be obeyed. He gives him that status, that the revelation that has come down, he is the one that explains it. Thereon after, the makan that Allah has given his messenger likewise, that there is a threat for anyone that opposes his way. Qala Allahu Azza wa Jal, فَلْيَحْذِرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ أَنْ عَمْرِئِ أَنْ تَسِيبُهُمْ الْفِتْنَةِ أَوْ يُسِيبُهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَلِيمٌ Let them be warned. For those who turn away and who oppose your way, meaning the way of the Messenger Muhammad وسلم, lest that there should be some kind of calamity or fitna that befalls them, or a very severe punishment. This is the reality, Ikhwan. This is what we should try to comprehend and understand. It's not mere a hadith and verses that we just narrate, that we heard, and so alhamdulillah, that was a good benefit. This is the reality of what we're living in today. Those individuals that debate with you, those individuals that I'm saying that we are following this way or this imam, whatever. The reality is that if you are going to oppose the haqq, if you are going to oppose the way of the Messenger then nothing lies except that you're under the threat of misguidance and having calamities and trials and afflictions and a very painful torment. So, here it mentions, for the ones that claim to remove the sunnah away from the Qur'an, then it mentions, Ya Jahil, O ignorant one, Allah Azza wa Jal yaqul fi kitabi aqimu salawatu zakah that Allah orders us in the Qur'an to establish the salah and to give the zakah. Ain najid fi al-fajr Where will you find in the Quran 
that fajr is raka'atain. That dhuhr is four raka'at. And asr, and, and maghrib is three. Where do you find this? In the Quran. So in conclusion it mentions, Shaykh Rabbi, he mentions that I found people, different deviant, from different deviant sects, that fell into this. That they were individuals that would oppose the sunnah. Or they would oppose the Quran. And what they would try to do, they would try to use their aqul wal ahwa. They would try to use and put forth their intellect and likewise their desires. But it mentions that anna al-aql al-sari wa naql al-sahih that a sane mind with the correct narrations will come to find out that the Quran and the Sunnah la yata'aradan that they do not oppose each other. They do not oppose each other at all. For verily it mentions the Quran and the Sunnah that they are kalah min indillah that they are both from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they are both revelation. So that they will never oppose each other. They will never have no conflict. And this is why we have that great Imam, Al-Imam Barbahari, when he mentions that Al-Islam, who was Sunnah? Was Sunnah here Al-Islam? This is that, why that tremendous statement that Islam is the Sunnah. And the Sunnah is Islam. And neither one of them will be able to stand and be established except with the other. For verily they are both revelation. And inshallah, just to round up, just want to mention some of the evils. This one particular point I want to mention regarding what we constantly used to hear our shaykh say, until this day, he says, regarding innovation. In our time, many of the Salafiyun and Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah are criticized of constantly talking about innovation and warning against innovation. Shaykh Rabbi, he mentions, regarding that statement of the Messenger the most evil of most of, of affairs are the newly invented matters in the religion. Listen to what Shaykh Rabbi, he mentions. The Messenger Muhammad would say this statement. This statement of warning against innovation was at the time of the Messenger ﷺ. Shaykh Rabi, he mentions that at that time, there was no people of innovation present. And he would still warn against it. So if you are now going to criticize individuals that are nearly 1400s and what, so what years after, are talking about this particular thing, and you're going to hold them to account, then the first one that you should address then is the Messenger Muhammad Wasallam, Because this is being mentioned in the time when there is innovation. Now we, had, we have innovation widespread. But at the time of the Messenger it was not there. But still, he warned against it. In the majority of the sermons that he would deliver, he would start off with this. Why? Shaykh Rabi goes on to mention, 
لأن الله عز وجل أخبر أن هذه الأمة سيضل الكثير منها. Because Allah عز وجل inspired him with revelation to let him know that after him there will be misguidance and that this ummah will be separated and will be divided. And this is why you have that famous hadith that the ummah of the Messenger Muhammad will be divided into 73 sects. All of them in the hellfire except for one. So due to the severity of it, and this is one of the reasons as why Ahlul Ilm have mentioned that why they have divided and why they split away is because due to the innovation or due to them taking their own understanding and then deviating. So it mentions that every single innovation or any newly invented matter of one is an innovation. What is that? Meaning that, that they... Newly, they brought newly invented matters in the affairs of the creed. And likewise in the ibad in, in forms of worship. And likewise in the mu'amalat. All of these, it mentions that they try to contend with the pure sunnah of the Messenger by bringing about these affairs. And it mentions that almost what they try to do, it mentions, فَأَصْحَابُ وَيُرِيدُونَ يَجْعَلُونَ مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ that what they try to do is they try from themselves to bring about new legislations, new sharia, along with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated. And that can never be. That can never be. As the Salaf used to mention, that أي إبادة or al-ibara, أي إبادة ما يعبدونه أصحابه that any form of ibadah that you find that the companions of the Messenger Muhammad did not do, then that is not ibadah. Ponder upon that statement. This is why we say, we look towards the companions of the Messenger Muhammad Anything that the companions did not do by way of worship, then that is not referred Anything other than that, then that is not referred to as ibadah or worship. Why? Because if it was ibadah, then they were more knowledgeable than ourselves. If it was ibadah, then verily they would have preceded us in that form of worship. And there's no, no, there's no one, there's no one on the face of the earth today that can say is more knowledgeable or is more eager to do good than the companions of the Messenger. So whatever they did not do, then we cannot come many years after and then say that this is ibadah. Like how we have individuals claiming today from the Sufiya, from the Khawarij, from all of these deviant sects, these new things which they have brought into the deen and attributed this to Islam. This is why a safeguard, a shield for us is that we always analyze. And even if you don't have much knowledge, Take this as a principle. Even if you don't have much knowledge, and may Allah increase all of us in our knowledge and keep us firm upon the haqq. Whenever someone tries to come and debate with you, or argue with you regarding something which is a newly invented matter, or they try to use a verse, or they try to use a hadith with their own understanding, then simply ask them one question. 
did the companions of the Messenger وسلم, understand this how you are understanding? Did any of the messenger, did any of the companions of the Messenger act upon this like how you are? Did any of them do this? And you'll find the majority of the time they have no jawab. Because the jawab is no. They didn't. Inshallah, ikhwan, there was a lot more that I wanted to go on. But alhamdulillah, our brother Abu Hakim has already arrived. And inshallah, astahee and astamir wa huwa mawjood. Aquli qawli hadha astaghfiru li wa lakum astaghfiruhu innahu ghafurur rahim.